Hello, Sanya. Oh, hi, Paul. Fancy seeing you here. Mm, in my own home. I know. Rando. <laughs> totally rando. We've got competition. <gasps> Do you know, uh, last night when I said to you, we've got competition. <laughs> Do you remember what happened? That you basically looked at me with horror. And for some bizarre reason, <laughs> when I said that word, the those words, we've got competition. You thought I was talking about a woman? Yeah, and I heard was... you've got competition. And then so then when you were like, oh, there's another Marillion podcast out there. I was like, oh, okay, phew. That's great. That's wonderful. Sonia's let the cat out of the bag. There's another Marillion podcast out there. Uh, Planet Marzipan. Oh, that's a cool name. Yeah, it's a good name. And it's got a good logo, better logo than ours. Oh, really? I haven't seen it yet. It's, oh, uh, that is a good name. That's a great name. Uh, put together by uh, Craig Houston and John Merrick. John, who we know well, because he's one of our patrons. Hey. Uh, stabbing us in the back there. <laughs> no. <laughs> of course not. Of course not. No, we get a nice shout out on the first episode. Oh, nice. Um, which is very good. And we, of course, wish them all the best of luck. Yep. Wow, you wait years for one Meridian podcast and then three come along in the space of, of like three four years. years. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, so um, what do you reckon? Do you reckon, um, do you reckon they're going to be as controversial as we are? I don't know. Let's wait and see. I wish we weren't controversial. Why? It's tiring. Well, there's one way to solve that. Keep your mouth shut. I can't. <laughs> Keep your mouth stapled closed. I can't. My entire life I've been like this, that that, that I've been too honest. I know I have. <laughs> yeah, yes, and it's often got me into trouble. Uh, I wish I, I, honestly, it is tiresome, but it's like at the same time, I kind of think. You can't help yourself. Well, A, I can't help myself. B, I'm of an age now I don't want to help myself. Oh. Yeah, it's it's well. Uh oh, then. Well, yeah, you know, why should we? Why should we just just you know button down our opinions and thoughts and feelings about things? Yeah, why shouldn't we be honest? Was it matter at the end of the day? So, talking of which, <laughs> very nihilistic towards the end of that sentence. Why? How? What does it matter in the end? Well, yeah. What does it matter in the end? Talking of which, uh oh, we received an email last week, didn't we? On Friday, Friday morning. Yeah, that was a really weird way to wake up. It was what was the time? Half five, half five in the morning. We you woke me up and said, "Paul, Paul, have you seen? We've got an email from Fish." Yeah, I was a bit weirded out because, like, I thought, you know, sometimes people just change their email address, so I thought someone was pretending to be him from the name and then I had to check the email it was like oh it's like it is actually him what what on earth uh it was weird because I wasn't surprised like no you of, weren't you weren't uh, at all I've been expecting it after the previous episode to be honest when we'd done that run of eps I don't know last year whenever it was I kind of expected an email then hmm. um and we didn't get one and after our episode went out last week it was clearly an episode that, for whatever reason, um, 
stirred people up and I don't necessarily mean stirred people up against us but it it clearly people felt strongly about that episode I you know I did as I do check the iTunes or Apple podcast charts and I noticed that it was doing better than we normally do and I thought oh god really weird yeah I didn't think well, it was that it's I, mean, I thought oh this is being shared around you know I thought okay this is this people are finding this one um controversial i don't know about controversial because we got a lot of comments mostly on um mostly on facebook or or our patron patreon which links to that in the episode description show notes as you always tell me they're called um yeah. and i'm not gonna get into those but they were mostly sort of supportive because we had um we we were in two minds whether to put it out we'd recorded that episode like over a week before I even uploaded it for our patrons. Mm. And when I uploaded it to patrons, I even, I don't know if I, we were apologetic. I mean, we did that intro at the beginning. Yeah. And we sort of said, don't listen to this one. Yeah. Because we were unsure about it. Yeah. Um, we were unsure about it, not because we felt um, what we had to say in it was particularly controversial, but it felt very negative. And it left us feeling down. Yeah, partly because it was our second episode back after our little break. Mm. And I didn't want to sort of launch into something that sort of felt negative. Yeah, we kind of wanted to stay more lighthearted, which we'd intended to. The Fully episode was supposed to, to be about the reunion gig. Yeah, yeah. And it just got derailed. It got derailed. And in the, the week after that, I, I had um, I did a bit of soul searching. And what I kind of concluded, because I'd had a similar sort of response, and I said this again on Patreon to our patrons, that I was feeling similar, even though I'm not at all uh, equating Fish and Russell Brand as, as the same people or similar in any way. But the Russell Brand thing had stirred me up. You know, those of you, well, you can't have missed you know, what's been going on with Russell Brand. So you were having a similar Emotional response, response, shall we say. I realised it was the same sort of light going off on my... Uh, the same part of your brain was lighting up. Yeah, shall we say. Um, this is it's very tiresome being in my head, everyone, by the way. <laughs> Just to warn you. This I is... bet. You should see when he reads a website, he highlights and unhighlights a, a paragraph as he goes. So it's like click, 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 highlight, unhighlight, highlight, unhighlight, highlight, unhighlight. And it's like it gives me a migraine to read over his shoulder, so that, I try not to. I don't to. see how that's relevant to me talking about how I kind of dig around in my feelings. Oh, I thought it was just like you're – Inside your wow, brain okay. is very active. Talk about, talk about it's, it's a very active well, it is very environment. Active, but I, when I feel something really strongly, um, I, I try and work on that, and I try and understand why. You know, this is something I've done as long as you've known me. You know, we met in counselling training. You know, that was something. Yeah. That, you know, I was dogged. You know, when in terms of sort of trying to kind of go, well, why am I reacting like that to this thing? Yeah, and you I want to get to it. the bottom of it. Yeah. Uh, and so, ironically, after, you know, we talked in that episode about how writing can help process feelings, you know, I did a big, long Patreon post about it, which mm -hmm. by the end of it, it was like, okay, right, I get it. I get what I'm feeling, why I've been, I hate this word, but why I've been triggered 
right. by it. And why, what, why I was triggered by talking about the fish stuff and why I was triggered by the Russell Brand stuff and what was similar right. about those two things. Yeah. And it was in both instances, um, it, it wasn't so much the individuals, it was more how their supporters had reacted to their behaviours. Oh, so it was about the people around them. But the people not around not them around physically, them, the not physically, but yeah. For instance, when you know, clearly, you know, I got very down reading, you know, doom scrolling on social media about Russell Brand and seeing all these people sort of supporting him and kind of going, "Oh, it's a mainstream media plot to bring him down." Blah blah blah. All of that. It got me very down that people were just willing to ignore kind of what appeared to be credible allegations. Um, and and go, ah, oh, we support you, Russell. And I think the thing that really tipped me over was at his, uh, his final comedy show that he did before his tour got cancelled. You know, it, it, people were holding up signs saying, we support you, Russell. And it's like, you don't even know what he's been accused of at that point. You know, it was just mm. his statement to go on. So I think it was that with him and with Fish, it was sort of recalling... Um, when there was that situation with the book right. that got cancelled. Yeah. Um, and Fish's reaction to that. I remember going into the comments on Facebook and seeing a lot of people kind of going, yeah, get that bastard or words to that effect. You know, how dare he do that? You know, and again, as a result of having contact with the guy who wrote that book and sort of see you know, that he had no ill intentions and no, uh, you know, had certainly not written something that was in any way anti-fish. It was quite the opposite. Mm. Um, that it felt like bullying. And likewise with the Russell Brand thing, you know, it felt like here are people who are getting, you know, and I'm talking to people who, are, you know, two people, who aren't the same people at all, Russell Brown and Fish, but here are two people with a platform who are powerful, uh, who are perceived by me as punching down. And when they're punching down against people with less power, be they fans who just want to write a, a book or be they women who um, are alleging that they've been sexually assaulted or raped or, or whatever by a famous, powerful person, and they are then supported by a crowd, mm. a mob. Um, that is, that's bullying. And when I kind of started to dig into this with myself, it was like, well, I was bullied at school. But the bullying itself, the bullies weren't the issue. What was support, what was the the the, the thing that did the damage was the support that the bullies received and mm -hmm. some of that support was passive as in no one stepped in to help mm -hmm. and some of that support was active and so I have a, a sort of weak spot there you know I mm. have scar tissue there yeah. that when it gets pressed it hurts so that's what was going on for me while we were recording that episode mm -hmm. um, you know it was I was getting that weak point of weakness activated um, and you know, it's not, I'm not saying this as a kind of poor me or even to justify it, but because, you know, at the end of the day, 
I'll do that episode exactly the same way again. I stand by what we said. And, you know, I still think everything we said, and it was fair enough, um, regardless of this email. I'm going to read it out, regardless of the email we received. Mm-hmm. Um, because what we said in there was not <sighs> intended for Fish's ears. Now, okay, we're putting it out publicly, and you could go, that's naive. Um, but we had a comment on Patreon, funny enough, this morning, of someone sort of say, talking about, which is what I've been thinking, is why was this? Because Fish only found out about it because someone told him mm. um, and alerted him to it. Mm-hmm. And Fish's email, which isn't that bad, to be honest. No, I was actually surprised. Uh, yeah. I was like, actually, that's... That's all right. It's all right. You know, I think I would have, in his situation, written something very similar. Yeah, but um, it was very, it was, it was okay. It was. It was fine. Gentle. Yeah, relatively gentle. Um, and uh, what, you know, but it was the intention of the person or persons who flagged this up to fish that is the thing that sort of feels shitty frankly, because all you're going to do in that situation is cause trouble, potentially. Mm. You know, you you hurt fish. Mm-hmm. Um, because on this podcast, we've talked about this so much, about the importance of us being able to speak freely mm-hmm. and the importance of honesty and the importance of me as a long-term fan being able to talk about my journey with fish and Marillion, you know, the ups, but also the downs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, you know, if I have that compromise, then for me, because I am kind of unfortunately honest to a fault, for me, there's no point doing this. You know, if I can't speak openly about the things I dislike as well as the things I, I like, then what's the point? You know, because yeah, but would you also, as a listener, would you want to listen to that? I well, wouldn't. Yeah. I personally, I wouldn't, because it's like I want to know that I'm getting an authentic opinion, and it is just opinion. Yeah, but I would rather listen to someone who's being authentic than someone who's changing what they're saying. And you can say things that aren't positive kindly. There's no need to be. I don't think. I don't think we were entirely kind in the last episode, you know. But at the same time, I was fired up. You were fired up, and in those moments, you know, you don't always watch your words. Mm. But saying that, you know, the irony of this and the authenticity thing that you just sort of mentioned is: yes, we try to be authentic on this podcast, and we like things that are authentic, and you know, we can. I think both you and I are quite attuned to inauthenticity. And part of what has appealed to us about both Fish and Steve Hogarth is Hogarth is how authentic they are. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, yeah that's, that's the, the irony, irony of yeah. it. There's no artifice with either of those. Yeah. Um, you get everything, warts and all. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, you know, and that's for both of us what we have admired about those those singers and those right you know, their writing. Well, and that's how we've had enough to talk about to last this many episodes. Yes. Because had they, either of them or any of the band members, created bland music, we wouldn't still be here wanting to discuss it. No, no, exactly. And this, but this is what I was sort of saying is is the comment we got on Patreon this morning was sort of saying, you know, 
that he bet that they didn't, this whoever it was that flagged our episode up for Fish, didn't point him in the direction of all the times we went on about how great he is. Mm. You know, didn't get that. So it's just causing trouble for the sake of it. You know, Fish doesn't need people to to look out for him. Mm. Yes, he's as he's human and he's as uh, vulnerable as any of us are. But, you know, I don't think he needed that. And, you know, I mean, I'd say we didn't need it. I mean, we got a lot of comments on from for, on Patreon saying the same thing, that people would have been devastated if they'd received a letter like that from their childhood hero. But ultimately... I, I didn't think it was that bad. Well, A, a it wasn't that bad. Uh, B, I think uh, I was expecting it. Mm. And C... I mean, I think, I, you see, I, I see you his just, point. I think fair point. Yeah, yeah. Fair point. If I'd have been him, I would have felt the same way. Yeah. So the issue so is, it's like, fit, I do yeah. not blame him at all. It is, a, yeah. Fish's reaction isn't the issue here. The issue is, well, maybe it's with us. You know, maybe we shouldn't do what we do. Uh, maybe we shouldn't be so honest. But I think what we do is is talking like fans. And the thing is, it's it, it, I've often talked about the relationship with Meridian and Fish and the like as a relationship, you know, from it's one sided mm. and it should remain one sided. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, we've done interviews with band members, but for the, you know, we know Lucy's listened and we know Mark Kelly's listened. But when that happens, it, it, it sort of. It muddies the waters. It muddies the bit. waters. You know, yeah. it's it shouldn't be. You know, and this is the thing with what are called parasocial relationships. A lot of people, I think, when you admire someone and you follow their work for a long time, and that person is very honest and open, you think you know them, um, and you think you've got a friendship with them. They're your friend in some way. So I get people going, mate, mate. You know, you need to have a listen to this. Hear what they're saying. Mm. Uh, you know, I understand why someone might have done it, but also I think it was misguided, uh, personally. Um, but you know, what am I to say? You know, it was the, the it was that fish. Fish has a very passionate fan base that that feels sometimes slightly different to Marillion's. Yeah, I mean, there can certainly be behaviour in Marillion's fan base on Marillion and fans and the like that can make my eyes roll, but um. There's a real, there's a certain degree of passion that is sometimes feels a bit, I don't know, I'm, I'm struggling for the words when it comes to Fish's fan base. But as I say, I saw it when the, the whole book thing happened and it was that that was my issue, that it felt like some someone with the best of intentions was being ganged up on and that set me off. Mm. So, shall I have a little read of this email? I'm going to read it. Dear Paul, I was pointed at your recent podcast, Orphan of Heartbreak, as a few fans were angry at your flippant and badly researched coverage of the 13th Star period. Yes, you are correct, you do not know me and never will, and I don't think you would ever have the nerve to say what you did on that pod to my face. If you had bothered to read the sleeve notes of the 2023 version, you perhaps would have had a better insight into the period and the lyrics. However, you took cheap, underhand shots at me which were not appreciated. Your mention of the lyric book I blocked was badly... It wasn't a lyric book. It was badly presented and did not convey the facts behind the reasons or the background which, in the opinion of legal representatives and the publishers, were considered valid. 
The writer was not threatened, and after communications between himself and the publisher, they acquiesced to withdraw the book from publication. In the future, I would appreciate if you could show me a bit more respect and desist from playground schoolboy musings on subjects you obviously know little about and can't be bothered to investigate properly. Regards, Fish. See Sanya's face right now. <laughs> it's like, ouch. Um, but again, as I said, I mean, fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. I would have felt similarly if I was him. Mm. I would have. Yeah. 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 Fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, yeah, we don't know all the ins and outs of stuff. All we can do on this podcast is is um, go on what's available publicly. Yeah. I mean, I will say you did research a lot. Admittedly, I didn't read all the sleeve notes of the 2023 version because I haven't bought it. Um, but, you know, perhaps I should now. Yeah. Although he'd probably um, spit on my copy. Simona, they pack it up, don't they? Oh, <laughs> no, you'll get a burnt copy. Yeah. <laughs> Big shit on the middle of the CD. <laughs> this one's for you. I did reply. Because um, we received that email at, at midnight. Yeah. Um, which is why we saw it at our five in the morning when Sonia woke up. Uh, Thanks to our cat. And it was Friday and I was uh, thinking, oh shit, it's fish on Friday tonight. And I thought I need to get a response back to him before fish on Friday. I didn't want to, there were a few things I didn't want to do. I didn't want to try and justify what we'd said. I didn't want to kind of make excuses and I also didn't want to apologise for what we'd said. Um, so here's what I wrote back. Dear Fish, thank you for the email. We had slightly expected it as I knew the episode would prove divisive and that somebody would likely flag it up to you. I had hoped in vain that they wouldn't and in all honesty, I'm sorry you had to listen to it. I know full well that I can be, as you rightly pointed out, cheap and flippant in a playground schoolboy way as I also am about Marillion than even my own long-suffering wife. Don't Bianpo- I know that. Yes, you do know that. Yeah. I bet you, I bet you go to them uh, far-right meetings and have a good old moan about me, don't you? <laughs> those, <laughs> those gatherings you go so to. Sweeping about me. Bianpod is as much as anything an evolving document of my emotional experience as a fan in a roughly chronological manner. It is more about feelings rather than facts, and if how I might have been feeling in that episode has in any way angered or upset you, I regret that. You didn't need to hear it. I've come to realise that being a supporter of somebody's work for as long as I have been yours is akin to a relationship. God, I keep banging on about this point, don't I? As in all relationships, there are ups and downs, and that episode is, in isolation, and ironically much like 13th Star, a snapshot of one of those downward curves. I'd come very close to not putting it out, but ultimately because I knew that the subsequent couple of episodes would be very, very positive, covering both the glorious Aylesbury show in 2007 and one of my absolute favourite albums of yours, that it would paint a very different, much more upbeat picture once viewed in context. Of course, it doesn't help when the episodes are being released one at a time in order. In my life and my work as a writer, I've always tried to be honest and authentic. I wear my heart on my sleeve, which is something you inspired me to do. I'm open about what I'm feeling to a fault, but consequently, I don't always find that easy or comfortable. I'm open about that on the podcast. It's both curse and blessing for better or worse. Over the past week since recording the episode, I've reflected a lot on why I reacted as I did. Ultimately, as with most things, I concluded that it was about me, not you, and we were due to set up to record today to dig into that. 
something that was indeed triggered in me that's to do with my own baggage and I fully intend to take ownership of it. I'm sorry again that you heard the episode. For what it's worth, I remain a fan. Regards, Paul. I, I mean, that says it all, really. Uh, I didn't hear back subsequently, but then I wouldn't expect no. to. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. That's... So where has this all left you now in summation? Exactly where I was, really. Um, as an, Yeah, I'm glad I got to the bottom for my own sake of what had set me off mm. but also what had set me off with all the Russell Brand stuff because mm-hmm. it was really getting to me um, and as well you know with the Russell Brand thing you know I've, wor- I've met him i worked in TV uh, same with Fish I've been a fan so these things kind of matter more or a little bit closer to home mm. um, and so yeah it- that's the thing again with the comment we got on patreon this morning it was like if i wasn't a fan it wouldn't have mattered as much Mm -hmm. but i you know i he he, as i've said again you know time and again he was my childhood hero and so yeah it 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 left me feeling you know when i read all that stuff which a lot of it i had you know about 13 star which a lot of it i hadn't known about exactly what some of the songs were about it i found it upsetting it felt, it felt to me, um, kind of almost glorifying. Glorifying is probably the wrong word, but but you know, a behaviour that that seemed. I'm trying to find the words that aren't going to get me into trouble. The behaviour shocked me a bit. The fact that it was sort of talked about in context of what the songs were about, and that was freely available on Fish's website. I'm really curious to know what the new sleeve notes say. Yeah, well, maybe I because they might include some reflection from now. Yeah, you know, looking back with a bit more. What's the word? You know, as time passes, sometimes the the way that you understood now why you were triggered Mm. over all recent events. Maybe these sleeve notes also include some deeper understanding maybe to yeah, the maybe. events at the time and why things played out the way they did maybe yeah maybe um you know if it's all in there then then fair enough but i mean fish wants to send me a free copy <laughs> <laughs> read your chances don't read your chances there so look um all of that slightly derailed where we were headed uh hasn't it because we were, this episode was going to be the, ah, oh, they got back together briefly in Aylesbury and it was amazing and all the rest of it. And then, ah, oh, we love the album, 13th Star. Um, we're still going to carry on with all that because I still think 13th Star's an album worth talking about. Um, hasn't changed anything. And it, it really, it probably won't change how we talk on this podcast because, it, you know, I've... I, I've been in relationships before where my feelings weren't allowed to be valid. And, you know, I'm not going to be in another one with fish now where my feelings aren't allowed to be valid. Well, I mean, as you said before, like the podcast is, isn't so much like a factual database, you know, we're not just documenting history or, you know, going over history. It is just as much a journey, you know, it's, it was meant to be how I responded to hearing the albums for the first time. 
but just as much as that, it's you reliving your experiences or recounting how you felt at the time and what it was like for you to hear those albums for the first time, what was going on in your life as well as in the band's life. Yeah, it always has been. So it's kind of been a a walk through a walk through your personal journey mm. and mine. Yeah, yours more in real time. Mine more in real time and yours over the years but also how it's changed in present day. Yeah, be- yes, yes, that's it because my relationship with Fish has changed over the years. Um, you know, and some of that is because of new research, new bad research, new poorly researched research. Um, some of it is because of that uh, and how that reflects on being a long-term fan. Uh, so, but look, let's, look, we've, we've still got time. We can still talk about Aylesbury. We can still talk about 28th of August, 2007. Should I read you this story from... 28th uh, of August. Oh, that was uh, the day several... The music no. died. The day really... the music died. That's, <laughs> that's, that's... <laughs> I came to the UK on the 28th of August, but not 2007, so... Thanks for sharing. Yeah, I'm sure everyone cares about that. <laughs> thanks, for, thanks for sharing. Everyone's clapping and going, Whoa, Whoa she shared the fact. <laughs> A fact. <laughs> she shared that fact. We've been waiting to hear for that one. <laughs> Uh, here we go. So, the classic lineup of rock band Marillion have performed together on stage for the first time in 19 years. Singer Fish, who went solo in 1988, was joined by his former bandmates for one song at a festival in Buckinghamshire. Fish described it as just five guys doing a one-off and having a brilliant time together and stressed that it would not lead to a full reunion. The quintet, who had 1980s hits such as Katie and Lavender, played their debut single Market Square Heroes. The gig took place at the Hobble on the Cobbles event in Market Square, Aylesbury, where the band formed on Sunday. Oh, maybe it wasn't 28th of August. Maybe that's when. No, I think it was 28th of August. Uh, guitarist Steve Rothery, bassist... Bassist? <laughs> the bassist? <laughs> Sorry, I was about to do the voice. Peter Ravis, keyboardist Mark Kelly and drummer Ian Mosley all took part in the surprise performance. Fish told the BBC News website, It was great, and it was just a load of fun, but nothing should be read into it. I think it just proves that we're actually friends. There's always been these rumours that there's some sort of animosity between us, but that went a long, long time ago. The day the music died. (laughs) Get it? Yeah. Uh, One fan, Helen Vaught, said, The crowd went mental. I don't think you can say mental anymore. I'm not, you know that. They're not really allowed to say mental things are mental anymore. Oh, okay. Yeah, I always get told to take it out if I've ever put it in a kid's TV script. Huh. Uh, jumping up and down and cheering and screaming. It's something that I never, ever thought would happen. And it did. There were literally grown men crying at the front of the audience. Fish, whose real name is Derek William Dick, said he suggested the performance after seeing Meridian Live in Glasgow in June. The band kept going after Fish left, with Steve Hogarth replacing him on vocals. Although they never recaptured the commercial success they enjoyed with Fish in the mid-80s, they have retained a loyal support and have regularly appeared in the UK Top 40. Fish said he did not want to take part in a full reunion because Hogarth does a great job with the band. What they do is completely different, he said. I've got a new album called 13th Star, and anybody that listens to that will understand that I'm worlds apart from what the Marillion guys do. 
We forged different paths over the 19 years. So there you go. Um, what Fish said on his website, don't sue me, Fish, for reading out something from your website. Um, he said, just to say, I had a fantastic time in Aylesbury this weekend. Any rumours of reunions are completely unfounded and, to be honest, a wee bit ridiculous. I don't, didn't want to make a big deal out of the affair and seemed to be exploiting what was purely an opportunity for five great friends to get together and perform in a spiritual home, an opportunity that couldn't be missed. If anything, it goes to prove that we are actually mates and not in rival opposing camps as some try to make out. I've got nothing but respect for H and the boy does a damn good job with the band. Long may they continue. So, um, that's interesting, isn't it? They all regretted it afterwards. Well, certainly Marillion did. Because of all the coverage on the news and everything. Yeah. So, how was the, the feeling in the crowd? So, let's talk about it, because I was there. Yeah. Uh, I was there. Talk us through the day. So it was funny enough talking about where um, you're at at the time in life, you know, and talking about how it relates. I mean, yeah, I mean, I was in a pretty miserable state domestically at the time. Um, and I was there with, it was it was me, Pedantony, uh, our friend Pedantony, which we should have got him on for some perspective. Yeah, I know. Too late now. <laughs> He Too can, late now. <laughs> um, he can send in a sound bite. Were we there with Shogs? I can't remember if Shogs were there. And my friend Nathan, who I haven't seen in years. He wasn't even really a Oh, fan. wow. Yeah. I, I've it, met Nathan. You Yes, you have. Oh. I think he was there. I don't know why. Um, anyway, but it was, I think we'd been to the pub beforehand because it was a free gig, this Hobble on the Cobbles thing. There's lots of different sort of acts playing. We'd been to the pub beforehand. I think someone had said oh, we've just seen like Steve Rothery and Pete. Mm -hmm. And so, of course, then speculation becomes, you know, wild. Like, oh, my God. Um, what's going on? Did you believe the speculation or were you sceptical? Well, I believed that they'd seen them backstage. Right. Because, I mean, by all accounts, I, I don't want to be misquoted uh, or misquote anyone, but I seem to remember that a quote afterwards from Mark Kelly or something that that because Fish was going through a bit of a rough time, uh, him and me both at the time, because Fish was, they sort of thought, oh, we'll do it to support him. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they'd been to this gig in Glasgow. Fish had mentioned it, uh, managed to convince Mark, then Ian, and then the last two to agree with Pete and Rothers. Um, you know, who... And, I don't want to speak for others, but I think they've always been the holdouts when it came to any potential sort of talk of reunions or doing things. Um, that's what I've heard on the grapevine. Um, that they might have the biggest issue with it. Uh, as Rothers has said many times, you know, no, because I'm not willing to drop the key for, <laughs> for any of our songs, although uh, they did for Market Square Heroes. Um, so we'd we'd heard, you know, and of course we knew over the years there'd been talks floated of reunions. You know, Fisher proposed that bonkers one at one point where he said, you know, I'll do an hour with my band, then Marillion come on and do an hour, and then we do Misplaced Childhood and Grendel, um, which Marillion rejected outright. But I think I think there was at least one other potential proposal for a reunion tour at some point. Uh, and Marillion, of course, since H joined, were 
totally anti it, obviously, not least probably because of how that would affect H. Mm, I mean, it took so long for them to kind of re-establish themselves yeah. and gain solid footing yeah. after the split. Yeah. Um, I can understand why they wouldn't want to go backwards because then you have to, it's like you have to travel that path all over again to get back to where you were. But it might be at that point, you know, 2007, remember they'd had a huge hit with marbles, you know, Mm -hmm. critically, commercially, they'd been in the top 10 with your gone. Mm. So maybe they felt, What's the harm? Well, and it was one song. And it was one song. It wasn't like a whole gig. There's there's a huge difference. It was one surprise song. So it's not like they had, you know, all the PR out, advertising everywhere, marketing it and stuff like that. It was one surprise song. Yeah. So so we were sort of, you know, we were, yeah, I believed it. I thought, well, maybe, maybe this could actually happen. And... Then, uh, you know, Fish played a full set. He did a lot of sort of 13th Star stuff, but a lot of Marillion stuff. And I think every time there was a Marillion song, you kind of expected, oh, Rothers is going to come out and do a solo. And oh, <laughs> so, like, you'd spent the whole gig distracted, yeah. waiting <laughs> to see. Well, let me tell you the, the set list that, that Fish played. Slange mm-hmm. opened with that. Oh, nice. Uh, followed by Circle Line. I remember Circle Line being particularly good. Had you heard... So the album 13th Star hadn't come out yet? Don't... No. So no. had you heard Circle Line before? Unless I'd seen him if we toured. Uh, maybe. Okay. So Circle Line, um, Sofalini, you probably don't know that, do you? Mm, no, I'm not sure. Uh, it's not a favourite of mine, I'll be honest. I mean, it works fine live, but it's not... A, favourite of mine then your favourite 13 star song Manch Mouth <laughs> spoiler everyone Sanya hates Manch Mouth <laughs> <laughs> but you like the rest of the album yeah I do I think it's the only one I think it's the only one I don't like okay uh, then uh, Hotel Hobbies One Wet Circles That Time of the Night oh nice perfect opportunity for the band to have come on but <laughs> <laughs> He, they were just toying with you. Yeah. Um, vigil in the Wilderness of Mirrors, or Vigil, okay. as it is yep. commonly shortened to. White Russian, again, another perfect oh. opportunity. Oh. Cliche. Did you know that song? Uh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Which I think Fish introduced as a love song for nobody. Oh. Because it was, yeah. You know why. Um, followed by Incommunicado. Another perfect opportunity. Yeah, and then they went off. Now, we all knew that if it was going to happen, it was going to happen on Market Square Heroes. Right. Because we were in Aylesbury Market Square. Yeah. Um, And lo and behold, Fish came out, gave a bit of a spiel um, about, you know, bumping into lots of familiar faces, a bit of the history of the Market Square and his time there, and then introduced some friends of his... And yeah, it was glorious. Did it was the crowd go wild? Glorious, yes. I bet there was a lot of. Um, it didn't even matter that it was a ropey old version of Market Square Heroes, which I've only really, with hindsight, sort of noticed be- on on YouTube videos. It just didn't matter because we were all singing. And it was that. It was the surrealness of seeing them with Fish again on stage, and it, it was just. It was. It was just amazing. 
and uh, yeah, because and that was no disrespect to H because I think for the most part, all of us, we all knew this was a one time thing mm. that this wasn't going to lead to anything else. And you were I, all like, well, I can't speak for everyone actually. <laughs> Can I? You at least were already firmly cemented in the modern Marillion. Yeah, you loved them just as much as when they were with Fish. Yeah, yeah. If not more so. I mean, in some respects, you know, because of marbles as much as anything. And you know, afraid of something like that. Yeah, they. Yeah, Uh, I didn't want Fish to come back full time, but we, you know, I speak about my mates there. You know, we we were Marillion fans as kids, and just to see that, yeah, again, you know, I'd, you know, I'd seen them with fish back in the day. Just having that one moment of reliving that was just it was it was it was special, but um, it opened the floodgates. Oh no! Just catch my breath. <laughs> So what, what? You just got up and walked to the door. I ran to the door. Sorry, and then, then sorry everyone. In case you're wondering what's happening, there would have been an edit point. I had I went and saw what the postman had put through the door, and then I edited. But it, out it was something. just junk mail. It was just junk mail, uh, and I I ran back and immediately started talking again and didn't pause to catch my breath. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is what you call authentic. This is this is, yeah, our this trouble. is real life. Warts and all. Um, yeah, uh, it, it was, uh, weirdly, I, I watched an interview on YouTube with Mark Kelly shortly after, I think I think maybe from 2008 or something like that, where he was asked about the reunion. You could see how visibly uncomfortable he was. I know. Giving sort of one-word answers to <laughs> this interviewer's questions about the reunion. You know, it was, and, you know, I know Lucy found it, difficult because it's yeah open the floodgates to people speculating that it oh. might lead to something more i don't know but it must have surely been hurtful for age oh i who i feel for the most out, out of everyone about this round what about around this whole reunion is age because yeah. it's like it's like you know your partner going to an event with their ex and everyone's like oh Oh my god! Oh, they're getting back together. Well, we love you two. You two always look so oh good together. God, you guys are the best together. You make the best couple. And and you're just sitting at home going, "Oh, okay then. Well, I hope they still want to be with me." Yeah. Um, what if they secretly want to go go back with them? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it it must have been must have been awkward because yeah, when I interviewed H last year. Mm. Um, uh, you know, one of the questions I asked him was, you know, when did you stop feeling like the new boy? And he says, I still still do. Mm. You know, it's still, you know, it's only recently that I think he sort of felt any ownership over Marillion. And maybe it was just too soon. Maybe it was too soon. And But do you think it would have been any different had it happened now? Probably not. No, you're probably right. You know, because unfortunately, for better or worse that run of four albums in the 80s, you know, yes, they were commercially more successful than they've been in the years since. But by the same token, you know, there was something sort of very iconic about that era that neither Marillion or Fish since have have ever achieved again because you had the face paint, you had the jester, you had, you know, all of that, regardless of whether 
the music was better or not. Forget, you know, debates about that. It was it, the band themselves. They had the logo. Everything was sort of more iconic. So that kind of got wedged in our brains, I think, as well. Um, so that's why I think when people think of Marillion, you know, generally the average person, not obviously us who know better, that know modern Marillion are amazing and, you know, world-class. But when the average person thinks of Marillion, that's that's what they think of. They think about Fish, the man with the face paint and, you know, the six-foot, six-and-a-half-foot-tall guy and, you know, Katie was a massive hit, so that was iconic in its own way. And, yeah, um, I get it. I get why the world you know, never really fully moved on for that. And I, I think Marillion have done the best job they can, especially in recent years, to to let the world know that Marillion now isn't just about fish. But yeah, I don't you know, when we talk about it being um be, being hard for H, but also You've also got to remember the other four guys in the band. But, you know, so are you sort of saying that you're only good if you're with this singer? Yeah. This singer who they had in the past had a tricky relationship with. Especially when they were responsible for so much of the music. Yeah. Well, all the music. Yeah. What am I saying? All well, the yeah. music. <laughs> well, mm, no. don't say that to Fish. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> don't say that. Let's not upset him again. <laughs> That's not, you know, he, uh, as he, as he will say, um, that yes, he did. He may not know music as such, but he would certainly help with like arrangements and. Oh, okay, fair enough. The like. That's fair enough. My mistake. Too soon to upset him again. <laughs> <laughs> Next week, however, <laughs> we're doing the album. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, it, I think it was, it was done with the best of intentions, but I think the whole band from subsequent comments and Lucy certainly subsequent comments were, were that it was possibly a mistake because I don't think any of them expected it to become national news, mm. which it did. That's crazy. Yeah. So do you remember coming home that evening and putting on the news or looking at online at newspapers. Evening. I was in, it stayed in Aylesbury. Oh, okay. Or well, do you uh, remember looking at the news? Don't remember that... anything from that you night. <laughs> <laughs> Shall we say? <laughs> do you remember in a couple of, a do you remember a couple of days later? It was quite a celebration. You know, it's like my dad, you know, yeah, something happened. Okay. I can hell, imagine. Hell had frozen over. I can imagine that may have gotten messy. Yeah. But no, I think yeah, it was the next day that it it kind of broke, something you know, and and became national news. Wow. And clips of it sort of on the news and stuff. It was bizarre, and I I, I immediately thought, oh shit. Mm. Um, I wish this hadn't become a big story. But. Maybe they just underestimated how much 80s Marillion was sort of embedded in the public consciousness. You know, maybe they themselves had underestimated how huge they were or had been. Mm. So, yeah, so I think it was, um, yeah, I'm glad it happened. But, yeah, I think from their point of view, perhaps it shouldn't have. You're glad it happened, but you, you doubt that it will happen again, I imagine. Uh, yeah, I can't see it happening again. Not now. <laughs> Not now? Not ever. 
yeah, who knows? I mean, Fish is supposedly at some point going to do a final tour. Who knows? Oh, okay. Maybe so you never know. You never know. But again, from Marillia's point of view, do they need to? Mm. Is that something they would need? Well, did to they? Do? Did did any of them ever need to? No, they didn't. No, need they to do it's it not then. a matter of need. It's, but, a, okay, pull it's it just a matter way. of want. Do they then need the fallout afterwards? Yeah, that that <laughs> put it, that's yeah, a good question like to ask. Yeah, do they need the potential yeah. fallout? Yeah, uh, and I don't think it matters anymore. Yeah, even like his final show that he plays ever fish you know if they did Marcus Square Heroes again it's been done they've done it now they did it in 2007 don't need it mm. that's a, actually just thought mm. dare I go to a fish show in the future <laughs> seriously is, is he going to recognise you not about him oh oh yeah I mean I do Ooh, know I don't know Paul I do know at least one person who's been banned from fish gigs who um I don't banned know. why Oh, making comments. What? Oh. You know who I'm talking about. Oh, I think I might, yeah. 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 (laughs) If it's who I'm thinking of, okay. (laughs) Well, he claims he's banned. Oh, no. But how can they, how how they, like, do they have your photo at the door? I did did always wonder that. Um, I did always wonder that. But yeah, now I'm thinking shit. Oh, no. What have you done? You'll have to go in disguise, like, you know, I wanted to see those last couple of shows. So... I wanted to go, but um, don't know now. No, yeah, Word well, got get out. a get a wig, get a fake beard, yeah, and some like giant sunglasses. Wear a trench coat. No, uh, no one will ever know. No, uh, you know those glasses with the moustache underneath. Yeah, yeah, get yeah. get a pair of those. I'll definitely look covert. <laughs> and a big hat. <laughs> a Grendel helmet. <laughs> I'll do full jester makeup. <laughs> yeah, that that wouldn't draw attention to you at all, would it? No. Um, so yeah, I don't know. That's a thought. Now, now are we blacklisted. Are we blacklisted? Are we now on the the fishes shit list? Probably, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what funny? What a funny turn of events. <laughs> <laughs> the funny turn of events. Oh well. <laughs> Imagine you become best friends now after this. I don't think that's going to happen. No, I know. <laughs> I was just saying it. Yeah, I don't know. Um, so, yeah, yeah, glad it happened. Um, kind of hope it never happens again. Yeah, because I don't think it, it, it would necessarily be for the best. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure Lucy's now got the band on tight enough chains that um, she wouldn't let them. Oh, so she wasn't aware that they were going to do it? I don't know, probably. Probably. Um, I think everyone thought, I, I, can't, I wish I could find the quote. I did look about that, you know, because he'd been had a bad year that mm. it was partly done for that reason. Oh, well, whatever. Um, yeah, so uh, I did see a thing on, because Lucy's Friday questions is now no longer Lucy's Friday questions. Oh, I saw that. It's, it's any day of the week questions. <laughs> yeah. Well, you just call it Lucy's questions, Lucy. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Just leave it at that. Um, I did see in there that someone asked when's the next album out. She said 2025. Oh, nice. So. Oh, okay. Wow, that's big news. It is big news if they stick to it. Yeah, we do know Marillion are prone to slippage. So That's not a lot of time. Yeah. To 
write and produce it could unless be, could be the end of 2025 <laughs> who knows still not a lot of time is it no but tell you what what's exciting about that is potentially we might get some premiered at the um the Meridian weekends that year oh yeah which, which they haven't have they done that since marbles or maybe they did play a couple of somewhere else tracks at one of the Meridian weekends but um yeah they did because I remember hearing them at the uh warm-up gig but uh yeah maybe we will because it was great when they did that with marbles that'd be exciting yes i know some people don't like it when bands play songs they haven't heard before but with meridian i'm always like yeah give me you mean live live oh yeah really why they just want to hear them in their own environment first or they just want to hear stuff they know that they can dance along to (laughs) because you always can with meridian songs so, <laughs> that's what they're known for is their danceable music pure hip hop yeah so I don't know anyway sorry about that bit that we've had a brain fart we can't remember what we're talking uh, about I don't know yeah oh well uh, look that's it for this week I think next week we are providing nothing we've said this week has upset Fish and he hasn't slapped a uh, a cease and desist on us uh, I don't think we said anything that might upset him this week have we I don't know who knows? Have we said anything we'll that cannons. might? Yeah, have we said anything that might upset anyone else this week? Possibly. Uh, I haven't even done an impression. of We anyone. can't even remember what we said five minutes ago. So you know, uh, anything is possible. We could have said anything. God, we're the worst. I know. What's wrong with us? Yeah, you're right. You haven't even done an impression of anyone. But not uh, even Jerry but, Ewing. But uh, yeah, but what, what uh, was that? Um, what was that last word? Uh, um, I haven't had any butter today. So just put in a face. That was Rothers there. Thanks for popping in, Rothers. That's all right. Um, um, you got any butter? <laughs> God, I'm the worst. I'll just give you a shovel. Just dig your own hole. Oh, you want some butter, Steve? Oh, no. God, help uh, us yeah. all. Uh, You're just do you got any butter? You got any butter, Pete? Yeah, I'm, I'm standing on it. Look, I've got my little footprints all over it. Oh, get off the butter, Pete. Pete, get off the butter. I want some. I'm dancing. Look at me, Steve. I'm dancing. Dancing on the butter. Dancing. I'm like a little leprechaun dancing around on the butter. <laughs> <laughs> right, on that note, on that note, Jesus. Uh, All right, bye, everyone. Bye.